on FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Mr. McCabe, is it sunshine outside? Put a little bit. Kind of, a little, little chilly. Kind of, I mean, it's, it's not bad out now. It's, it's been not, nice it's and clear. It's blazing couple. sunshine. It's oh, no, no, no. no. Okay. It's fall, I guess. It's definitely fall. It's about 50 degrees out. Uh, well, we're trying to bring sunshine into your life. We do it every day here on the Watchdog Morning Show. If we can't bring it outdoors, we'll bring it indoors. You just feel like a, we're just sunny, sunny people. Sunny. One, two, do, 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 do. Uh, start singing. I can't, how's that song go? Association, right? Did that? I, think. I don't know. How. Don't you remember the song Sonny? Sonny. Do, 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 ah, They well. actually go do, 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 do. No, they don't go do, 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 but I can't remember it. 50 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 48 to the Highlands, 47 in my backyard in Elm Grove, and 46 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Sunny and high of 70 ish or so today. Rain comes in tomorrow, including thunderstorms. We'll go down to the 60s, mid-60s tomorrow, and into the 50s for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, with rain in all of those uh, all of those time I periods. I thought the dark clouds came in last night after that last play in the Mountaineer-Houston <laughs> game. G-Manese. Bob, did you watch that by any chance? I did not, but I saw well, the highlights. You should highlights. feel lucky. You should feel lucky. How many Mountaineer fans didn't want to get out of bed this morning? You know, I mean, I would hope – I mean, I don't – probably probably a lot, but I tell you, it was just – but it was you a know, good, it was a good game, wasn't it? I, well, I didn't watch the game. All I did was watch the score. The Mountaineers seemed like totally out of sync for most of the game. But like, it seemed like the score went back and forth. It I mean, did. They, yeah, they, the they, end, they, like the they last, stayed competitive. The fourth quarter was really exciting. I mean, you know, play it was things were happening quick. You know, WVU was down by, you know, I think ten points going into the fourth quarter. So you did stay up. I did. So tell I, us I your tortured fit. myself. Tell us what went through your mind. No time on the clock. He throws it about fifty yards. What did you so? Feel? So I guess what went through my mind is even goes back to the touchdown right before that when uh, uh, Hudson Clement from over in Martinsburg scored, and you know you get a penalty flag at the end of that play because Garrett Green, you know, either got in somebody's face or took his helmet off, whatever he did to get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. So. Even though there was only, you know, a dozen or so seconds left, the way Houston had been, you know, Houston just has this incredible speed. That's hard to, you know, until you watch it, you really don't even understand. Don't forget there was a kickoff return early in the first quarter right after a score, yes. So, you know, so that starts to go through and you think, okay, now we've got a kickoff from the 20. And that made a difference, you know. And, 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 you know, so I think what got me and and where – you know, I just wish you could get an explanation from the coaches. So, you you know, their only option with 11 seconds left from their own roughly 40-yard line is a Hail Mary. You know, they, and what they did was one short pass, get about nine yards, make that a little more plausible for their quarterback to be able to hit. But, you know, where is your 6-7 tight end? Where is your 6-4 receiver? You know, why do you have a bunch of short safeties out there? And, and the Mountaineers on that last play – and I was looking at something this morning that, that even showed a little better. They were just guys were out of position and just not sure where to be. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, you know, when that ball was thrown, you had four Houston receivers and three or four WVU defenders there. And there's no way when you only should be rushing two or three guys that you can allow e- either equal numbers or to be outnumbered on a Hail Mary like that. That's why I was surprised by the quotes of uh, Coach Brown. Yeah. Look, he should have kept his mouth shut because that's on him. As far 100%. as I'm concerned, yeah, that's he, on him. From what you said in Slider on Sports yeah. and what I heard on the Metro News, uh, the clips from Neil Brown this morning, 
he was really kind of blaming the guys, right? I mean, he was. Well, he says he practiced that every Friday, but evidently not very well. Not if, you, if you don't have your big guys, your tall guys, like John exactly. said, you can't. You, know, you, you can't just knock the pass down. That's what you, you have got to a do. Six seven tight end who's got good hands. Put him out there just to slam the ball into the ground. And the penalty is the coach's fault, I think. Again, now it's I the agree. player's fault, but you got to teach them. You cannot do not that, right? You, know, I mean, you cannot you're, do you're that. Supposed to be a professional here, particularly particularly now in this NIL age. You've got to show some composure. You can't let you, the excitement of what happened. And it was an exciting you know, score by the Mountaineers. There's no doubt. They it, got it, a ball it, with a minute left. You, you said there was one of two things. I thought, I thought it was a, he took his helmet off. Wasn't that it? That gives him the 15 yards. Yeah, and I'm that sure makes he took it his helmet off or got in someone's face. It, I, I, didn't uh, see I think a happened. player took his helmet off. But that gives That's them 15 yeah. yards yeah. to get the ball to the end zone. Without that 15 yards, he can't throw it that exactly. far. So that's the big that's the big play of the game. My, my, the reason I was that, because even I would know, not take your helmet off. You that's can, what, that but you the, do it on the sideline, not right, in the middle of the right. field. Uh, yeah, that's, that was my point. Is that That's a pretty – yeah, that's like basic. I mean, that, that's a that's a flag every time if you take your helmet off on the field. Yeah, I didn't watch the game. I watched the score, and to me, I all I could see was it was going back and forth, yeah. and you know, therefore it seemed like it was competitive. And in fact, I was I didn't I, like five, two minutes before. So I think it looks like we've got to win this thing. Oops. Yeah. If you would have said with you know a, a dozen what you know, let's say fifteen seconds left when when WVU kicked off seventeen whatever it was. And that, that you're going to allow a team to score a touchdown on two plays, and their quarterback completed his last 16 passes, including a hail. You know, I mean, it's just it's almost improbable. <laughs> you know, it really is. Um, you know, especially with how well WVU's defense have been playing up to this point, playing some some good offenses in Texas Tech, TCU, and you go you know you go against Houston that has been listless this year. And you can't stop him in the second half. Bob, has Neil Brown been better this year than you thought he would be? He, I'm talking Brown as a coach. Well, yes, I think so. You know, big your biggest we're winning, rivalry. We're winning is Pitt. more than I thought we would. Yeah, I mean, and they showed up against Penn State. That started the season out. You weren't embarrassed at Happy Valley. Now the score got out of the hand at the end, but that was that was a, another story. And then they went on a four game winning streak. I've been a Mountaineer fan for a while, same as John, same as you. That doesn't happen all the time. And they should have made it five in a row, and they let it slip. I think that's going to cost him his job if if he wins that game and and even maybe doesn't get embarrassed throughout the, I, I think he kept his job but I, I think he lost it last night <laughs> well that was kind of the question i was I going to disagree with is that. is is he still on the bubble in your mind um i mean at the beginning of the season i wasn't sure yeah. he'd last a game well, I think and then gonna, I, I, now yeah if if this is the beginning of a collapse which you know these type of games sometimes can be where you just you know it takes the life out of the team. You know, if, if they end up six and six now or something like that, you know, if, if again, I think of all of us sitting here after six games and we said the Mountaineers are going to be four and two, everyone would say that's a huge win right. for the program. Right. The problem is, is we all know we should be five and one right now without and without any doubt. The real problem, though, John, is the, the remainder of the schedule. Which I, again, is I, I'm not being a doomsdayer here. I don't think they'll win another game. Who's next? I, it's uh, Oklahoma State at home, and I'll make this prediction: if they get embarrassed this Saturday, next Saturday at home, I think he's gone in the middle. You know, of the I don't think uh, Oklahoma State's got a lot of warts uh, offense that is totally. But you talk about the flating, John. Gee whiz! Now you're just how do you well, get back up? You've got to. I mean, that's you know he's got to figure out a way. And everyone talks about his strength is as a motivator and you know and just a very personable coach. He's got to figure out a way to get because again, you're right. If they go out. And they lose to Oklahoma State, 
I think you know that this brings in a different dimension. If they end up going eight and four, which is where you know everyone agreed would be a great season, and I still think they have that opportunity, fine. But you know, it was just tough to watch what should have been not only the fact that you're winning there, but they dominated the first half and and just couldn't do much with the ball. You know, they would they would get first downs and then stall drives, and you know. Uh, so uh, they just need a good rebound next week. They really it's homecoming, so hopefully that'll bring some energy um, and, and uh, get them ready to play. Saturday game this week. Uh, yes, back to normal yeah. Saturday. Be a week Saturday. from uh, tomorrow. Yes, yeah, right. All right, it's uh, nine seventeen seventy after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We're going to talk about some local news here. A lot of few things going on this week are worth our our conversation. I suspect some of it will get us in trouble with the city um, yeah, before sorry. we're over and done with. <laughs> I'm just uh, just saying. Uh, John McCabe is here. Bob Slider and I are here. And uh, we'll have our uh, Friday roundtable coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. Menards has the floor with the style you want and performance you need. Latitude Luxury Vinyl Plank from Shaw is the perfect choice to bring elegance to your home while standing up to the most demanding environments. It's waterproof, durable, and is easy to install. Latitude Vinyl Vinyl plank is just $2.99 a square foot after 11% rebate. Good through October 15th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Oh, there's something so real about living local. And I know without a doubt I'm not alone. And I'm the Wheeling Central Maroon Knights this season on The Watchdog. FM 98.1, AM 1600 WKKX. Sponsored by IBEW, Motto Mortgage Valley, West Virginia Northern Community College, The Health Plan, The Diocese of Wheeling Charleston, Fahey Levitt Agency, Calcruth Residential Roofing, Columbia Sales, Liberty Distributors, Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto, WVU Medicine, Wheeling and Reynolds Hospitals, Gumby's, Technocap, The Highlands, Gompers, Lorai and Associates, Main Street Bank, Wilson for Judge, Cross Law, The Flooring Center, and Belmont Carson Petroleum. The Watchdog, your home for high school sports. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70 at the top of the hill, the Highlands. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. I read the news today, oh boy. At least they read it. Today, they, re they read the news today. Yes, uh, today is the uh, 60th anniversary of the creation of the phrase yeah. Beatlemania, which is kind of cool. And, of course, this used to be 
the intro song when John and I would yeah. have our Friday roundtable. Yeah. And then John got tired of it and said, geez, can't you do something better than that? And yeah. so we just threw it in the trash can. But um, <laughs> maybe we should bring that back, Bob. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. It's not time to bring it back. 40, uh, 50 at the airport, 48 at the Highlands, 47 in Elm Grove, 46 degrees here. Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. I, I want to talk about Hoppy Kirchival just real quickly. Uh, because. Um, coming up today, Joe Manchin is going to be on uh, I'll talk about the WVU game. Of course, Michael Tomaski from the uh, uh, New Republic. He's with now a uh, progressive writer from West Virginia. Uh, all that coming up today on, on statewide uh, talk line. Did you hear the uh, Carol Miller interview yesterday? I did not. I know Hoppy well enough. He wanted to go through the phone and strangle her. Because I know what happened. Carol Miller had told him earlier in the week, I will come on your show on Wednesday yeah. and I will announce who I support for speaker. She wouldn't do that. Yeah. Carol Miller is here, First District Congresswoman. Congressman Good, have you here. Thank you, Hoppy. So happy to be here with you. And, uh, well, let's get, get right to it. Who are you going to support for a speaker? Hoppy, what happens in the caucus stays in the caucus. <laughs> Long pause. Hoppy goes, what? <laughs> I'm. What happens in the caucus stays in the caucus. But you voted yesterday, right? Yes, I voted. I picked one. Who was it? Hoppy, I can't tell you. I could tell. He was just, I know Hoppy. He was fuming. It was like, what? In, what? You asked me to come on here because you were going to make an announcement. And your announcement was, I can't tell you. I'm sorry. I just, I meant to mention that earlier. I just thought it was... <laughs> So, um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I interpret it, but I, I got, and I'm pretty sure the interview lasted a lot shorter <laughs> than Hoppy thought it would. Uh, John McCabe here, newspaper editor. It's time for our Friday roundtable. John, uh, last week you and I talked about um, the situation with the homeless in the city of Wheeling. It's been before council a couple mm -hmm. times now. Uh, you editorialized in the newspaper that this is going to be an issue that council is going to have to deal with. It's reached now the point where it's not just sort of a back burner occasionally a front burner back no it's now simmering over um and it certainly did a little bit yesterday where a group of homeless uh, advocates uh, i don't know what the word to use it wasn't really a protest but they they assembled outside mm -hmm. city hall uh, asking for a delay in the closing of the um, east within camp that had been ordered closed um and bob heron granted it by the way said that yeah. Uh, yeah you can have we'll wait until till the free shelter howard but i think you it, and I it, should, it is indicative of this yeah. is going to be a big issue i think you and i should go up with some signs to protest the user fee and see if we can get it waived for a couple months <laughs> and I'm, I'm being a little facetious with that but you know it, it uh it, it was an interesting uh reversal on his part i i was very surprised he did cite that you know after talking with uh, the police department you know level of crime that they're contributing to that camp has has decreased over the last several weeks but he did set uh, you know some very clear boundaries um for these next you know roughly uh, 30 to 45 days of you know got to clean up all your trash no crime issues no you know just it needs to be uh, i guess as orderly as a homeless camp can be and i don't know if there's ever any rhyme or reason in how they come together but i still can't get around you know, uh, if you or I just decided to set up shelter on public property, you know, I, it, it's, it's again, it's all these things are so challenging because what is the right approach? You don't want to be inhumane. But by the same token, you know, everyone has to live by laws. And that's part of the problem of where we've been 
is that no matter, you know, again, no matter if they shut this camp down today or they wait 45 days or 30 days or whatever it might be until the winter freeze shelter opens, okay, so what's the plan come next spring or what's the plan moving ahead? Well, and nobody I, has that right that now. Is, that is my point. Um, and I, I, I think Bob Heron did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? There's an argument to be made. Let's not throw them out now. Free shelter will open up in a month or so. Okay, that, that's fine. He did give them warnings. Now, right. you know, no no illegal activity, no more arrests, no more machetes, <laughs> you know, no more. Salt uh, City workers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and then keep things uh, clean, mm-hmm. reasonably clean. Yeah. So I, that, and I, if, if they're, if they, being the homeless folks who were there and the advocates for them, are truly wanting to reach the right kind of agreement, they're going to try very hard to follow those guidelines. Mm-hmm. So I, that's okay. But the issue isn't going away, and you're right. So what happens? All right, free shelter opens up. That's fine. Is it going to be in the Life Hub? That's what the last thing I heard was, but that was not a done deal. Right. Uh, so first of all, where is the free shelter going to be? Secondly, uh, even if it's in a reasonable place, what happens afterwards? This is a big issue, and the city has – I'm not saying they've dodged it, but they have really not – dug into it enough yeah you know it it would be interesting to find out and i was talking to someone about this earlier this week you know the last time they did a it sounds you know again the homeless count Mm -hmm. that that doesn't Mm -hmm. sound right but you know there were i think 271 i'd be interested to know what the number is now because it does at least feel like there's more you see at least they're they're more visible maybe they're more visible because the areas where they used to be over along you know the walking trail and others they've been have been moved out and those camps have been shut down and they're just more prevalent in the downtown you know business district um but but again i mean you're this really i was so on tuesday um at an event over the white palace had a chance to talk to uh two members of council and you know, and one just kind of said, well, you know, why is this really our problem? This isn't a, shouldn't really be a council issue. And, and, and I, you know, I totally well, disagree. Some, well, I totally disagree. It has to be. You know, this is about our city. They are elected to represent our city. You know, does the city have the, you know, should the city be the one providing all the answers? No, they can't. You know, cities are, are you know, as we've often talked, cities are equipped to, you know, collect taxes, maintain infrastructure, provide public safety, et cetera. Not to um, you know solve homeless problems, but but this council in particular has waded deeply into that arena with the hiring of a homeless liaison um, and and other statements and actions. So they do need to own this in a lot of ways. So again, uh, how they move ahead is anyone's guess. But you've got to get some consensus. There's such a wide range of opinion even among the homeless advocates of what to do some want to just leave them be and let them live their lives and and, you know no matter what the imposition is on anyone else others realize that we've got to do better and then we've of course have the folks who who are servicing them you know project hope dr mercer and others who who really are uh, taking the time to to try to ensure these folks are adequately cared for i've said uh, several times here on the show and and in writing um the city needs to well all of us need to recognize there is not a homeless problem there are several individual homeless problems there is the legitimate real honest concern about people who are homeless who need help people who can't afford housing economic problems they're not evil terrible people they're not generally you know troublemakers 
that's an issue. We have to deal with the fact that the homeless require assistance. But, but the community has to be safe. And that's the second part of it is we've got to be stricter in terms of the legal aspect of things. Um, and then the third one, which I always throw in, and it's, it's a little bit different, it's the whole issue of panhandling. And that's a third issue as well. We've got three separate problems in my mind, which require three different solutions. Rosemary Ketchum, third ward councilman and also council uh, mayoral candidate now, has said several times, including this week, that um, it's going to require a balance, and that's correct, but I'd like to know what the balance is. Where is that balance? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, um, I think the concern that, that a lot of folks I talk to have is when does that balance tip into the city's general fund and, and things of that nature where we really start to, start to, to have to support the ideas that are being put out there. You know, the Life Hub right now hasn't had any, but, you know, at some point it might need to. That building needs a lot of work. What do you, well, get, what well, do you two say to get a jerk like me? Who truly believes this? I think there's four issues, at least four. Again, I'm a, I'm a citizen, a, a, a resident of, of Wheeling. This liaison position was created, and I like Melissa Adams, to thin that number down, to decrease that number. And that number, has, to me, has skyrocketed. They have to address that problem. You don't think that's a problem, a well, concern, no, well, Howard? You're, you're exactly well, I, right in my mind. I think that when, when this position was created... There are public statements made by members of council, the mayor, that you know the goal here is to end homelessness in Wheeling. You know that will be the goal of this. Now position. that's that's a un, un that's maybe unrealistic goal, but, but that was the but the that intent. was that was the stated intent. So, you know, I don't know if it's I I I, I don't know. I mean, it does feel like uh, you know, Bob, to to your point, as I said, I mean, it does feel like the problem has gotten worse. And maybe it's just more in, in everyone's face now because of where they're at, uh, where the camps are at. Um, but Howard, Howard asked Rick Healy yesterday, he was sitting in your chair, does Moundsville uh, have a, a homeless problem? They don't. And there, there might be some reasons why Wheeling does, but, and, and they don't. But again, that number has gone up, John. I, yeah. I think they have to address well, that. Well, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you come into Wheeling, you've got, you've got a soup kitchen, you've got Catholic charities, you've got a lot of services to where you can, you know, live in a tent on a hillside and still get two meals a day, every day. Um, so that, uh, you know, uh, Moundsville, I, I don't think, has those services, or at least not as prevalent. They don't have, that, that was Rick's point yesterday, yeah. was that they don't have nearly as significant a homeless problem because they don't have the, the concentration of services. So that, maybe maybe Wheeling should open up a food pantry in Moundsville. Yeah. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> no, we should be talking about this because that's, yeah, now that's a way. They, they need more help down there. I, I, again, the only point that I can draw from this, and I don't know where Melissa Adams fits in this, I think the Life Hub, to be brutally honest with you, complicates the whole yes. situation. I think the Life Hub is... I don't know where it's going. I don't know what's there. My sense is that even on the current council, even the progressive, open-minded current council, there's a lot of concern about that life hub. Yeah, totally um, agree. So, I, you know, I don't know. That that complicates it. Um, but uh, my point is, and you editorialized on this, John, the city has got to take this as a now as a big, big issue, and mm -hmm. I don't know what they do, how they do it, you know, community meetings. What, I don't know what the, the process is. But they've got to deal with it now. Um, yeah. Bob Heron did the right thing yesterday, kind of defusing a little bit of that problem. I think that was okay. But it's only a temporary fix. That's it. It's That's only it. a temporary fix. And there's going to have to be 
a bigger a bigger fix. Um, and whether it's Melissa Adams or somebody else, or I guess nobody, but the position needs to be more clearly defined and goals need to be a little more clear than what we've seen in the past. I, I would agree with Bob and, and I think with you. The position, and I'm not going to fault Melissa, no. But it has it has morgrified. Morgrified is that a good word? It's 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 it's. I don't morphed. know what it means. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think it's a good. I think it's a terrible word. Morphed. It's morphed from where it started out to be into into what it is now, and that's that's a that's a problem. Yeah. All right, coming up, I want to talk about um, the deer hunt. We're going on a deer hunt, a deer hunt, a deer hunt, or maybe not. We'll talk about that and more coming up as the Friday Roundtable continues here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Good Friday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this October the 13th. A federal grand jury in Wheeling has indicted 18 people in the northern panhandle on serious drug charges. These cases involve the entire northern panhandle. The two most serious cases involved fentanyl being trafficked in the Weirton area. These two suspects were allegedly selling here but weren't from here. 39-year-old Jared Unk Henry and 38-year-old Stephen Sleepy Price were both from Chicago. They're suspected of leading this operation. And in Marshall County, jurors in a Benwood firefighter's trial watched body cam footage of a tense hour-long standoff with police on the first day of testimony. A bloody-faced wife led to the arrest of ex-fire chief Garson Taylor who was accused of strangulation and reckless endangerment in the April incident. Both sides made their opening statements yesterday with the prosecution arguing he put the lives of those around him in danger, while the defense claimed he never threatened officers. Taylor reportedly fled from Sergeant Peter Barton and other officers in Benwood after his wife called the police and threatened to shoot himself multiple times. Sergeant Barton and others attempted to talk Taylor out of his truck before Taylor was eventually shot with a beanbag round to force him to drop his weapon. 7 News will be back in the courtroom today to bring you the very latest. And over to Ohio County, the lawsuit that aimed to prevent a deer hunt at Ogilvy Park was met with a motion to dismiss on Wednesday by the park and other parties being sued. The suit against Ogilvy Park and the Ogilvy Park Foundation and the Wheeling Park Commission is incomplete, according to the defendants. They argue that the plaintiffs, a group of Wheeling residents, failed to sue the following essential parties as well. The state of the Division of Natural Resources, the City of Wheeling, the Ogilvy Foundation Properties, Inc., and Park System Trust Fund. The hearing to decide whether to dismiss the case was supposed to happen today, but it has been since postponed. That was a look at your headlines. Have a fantastic Friday and a wonderful weekend. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Would you promise to be true and help me understand? Cause I've been in love before and I found that love was more than just holding hands. If I give my 
Celebrating Beatlemania, 60 years of the use of that phrase, the mop tops from Liverpool uh, today, uh, which means good, good bumper music. Not that it's not always good bumper music, don't get me wrong, but really good bumper music today, uh, all from the Beatles. Bob, before I get back to uh, John, we should probably remind people again, this is a big football Friday here on the uh, Watchdog Radio Network, and it all gets underway when Hoppy is done today at noon. It does at Gumby's Moundsville South, Howard. It's the Pine Room Boys, the Pine Room Broadcast. From noon to 3, all the guys will be down there. Jub will be here in the studio. Uh, giveaways, discounts, stop on by. It's Gumby South right there at the end of town on Route 2 South. You cannot miss it. When those guys are done, it's the Matt Jones pre-owned auto walkthrough with Scott Nolte, Brett Clough, uh, Jerry Ames, and Mark Heinerman. All those guys will be in the studio, and then we'll take a little bit of a break. We'll put Channel 7 on, catch everybody up on the news, and then the football begins. Wheeling Central travels across the river to take on Martin's Ferry. That's a 7 o'clock kickoff. We'll have that on WKKX. Jerry Ames and Ryan Storm will get on the air probably right around 10 minutes to 7, 10 minutes to kickoff. Brooke at John Marshall. Again, that's a 7 o'clock kickoff. We'll have that on WVLY. Ross Johnston, Mark Heinerman, Bob Traveri bringing you the action on that game. And then when it's all over, if you want to catch up on your scores, it's high school game night from 930 to midnight on the Watchdog Network. And, of course, tomorrow morning it's our all-sports Saturday morning, including good old boys with Bear and Bob at yes. 8 o'clock. And then is the huddle back tomorrow? It, it is. So uh, please uh, join us tomorrow. Uh, Chris Lawrence kicks it all off with the West Virginia Outdoor uh, Show. That's a good show anytime. But for uh, hunting season, it is outstanding. And then, it, like Howard said, it's good old boys on sports. Bear and Bob, he's Brian Bearsford. He's out in Columbus, Ohio. I'll be here in downtown Wheeling. And then it's the Saturday morning sports huddle with your host, Dr. Angelo Georges. And uh, Bob is hoping to continue his winning ways. I was 4-0 last week, guys. I'm feeling good. <laughs> Time to talk. continue talking about our Friday roundtable of local news. John, a lot of the news has been the ongoing stories. And mm-hmm. we just talked about homeless, which I think is going to be a big ongoing story for a long time. The, uh, the Ogilvy deer hunt doesn't seem to want to go away either sure doesn't uh you know they're supposed to be actually this morning just uh you know i think it was 9 30 this morning if i recall or nine o'clock there's supposed to be a hearing up in brook county circuit court uh, that's been rescheduled that's been rescheduled for it looks like maybe sometime next week um after ogilvy yesterday filed uh a, a, Basically, they asked for the a, case to be dismissed. Yeah, yeah. Filed a motion to dismiss, claiming you know wrong party's name. Some, I think, as you mentioned earlier, just some legal procedural matters, um, and also you know the, I think raised the contention that Ogilvy is in fact not state land, but but is private land, and it is you know it's owned by the Wheeling, managed and owned by the Wheeling Park Commission. Um, <clears throat> so you know that's going to have to work through. That uh, again, that hunt is now you know what. Uh, four weeks away, three November 6th, November 6th. so it's not far off. Um, and they've got a process they have to go through with permitting and lotteries and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, if it's going to happen, this needs to be needs to be wrapped up soon. Um, you know, in part of its answer, uh, Ogilvy did say that, you know, again, reiterated that the WVU extension um, study found, you know, again, what was it, 40 deer, should be roughly 40 deer per square mile. And, and there were 200, yeah. yeah. Right. So that was when, the, when the, um, the, the lawsuit was amended, 
they raised questions to me because it said basically, well, no, the, the park has lied. They said there's never yeah. been a study done. The things they said were not true. I thought, oh, boy, okay, well, then maybe. But the park says, no, no, we, we had a study done. What, was it done by the DNR? No, it's done by W Extension Service. Yeah. Uh, did a deer study, and um, the park has, at that time, 212 deer per square mile where you're supposed to have 40. Now, maybe they have... 189 now instead of 212 yeah, or maybe they have 225 but right. all i know is it's probably a lot more than 40 and it, and i count 40 every time i drive by in one field no you're right and that's uh you know that's been part of the problem and of course this this you know nobody went up there and actually counted every single deer they do representative samples right, sure. based on you know on tracks uh, but um so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out again that that planned hunt is only just a few weeks away and um and, you know, th- this court matter will have to be resolved uh, in, you know, before they can do anything, really. Somebody said to me uh, yesterday that um, the park might have been better to just one morning announce that the following areas are off limits for the day today <laughs> and go ahead and do their do their kill and well, be done with it quietly. And, and I'm not 100 percent sure that that isn't. Yeah. The best you know, thing. And, and part of it, too. And there's been and I've talked with some folks who. Um, you know, why aren't they bringing in a professional management company to, to do this, professional hunting company, in essence, you know, do, a, do a controlled hunt um, that is much more, you know, again, you get precision, precision uh, you know, marksman hunters, in a sense, uh, you know, because what Ogilvy doesn't want, but, you know, what you always worry could happen, what you don't want is on November 7th, pictures start showing up online people at the park that you know of the deer that's running around with an arrow sticking out of its yeah. rear flank or whatever you know and 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 that that's those are some wouldn't of the be happening if slider could, did it you'd go for the kill right Bob? Well, i'm not a bow hunter but that could happen to robin hood i mean that could happen to any professional sure. archer you have yeah again it's exactly right so you know it's uh you know it, it's gonna be interesting just to see over the next few weeks how this plays out and if, if this hunt actually happens best guess year. will the hunt ha- happen or will they somehow turn to relocation proposals. I mean, there are some other things out there people are suggesting. I, I don't think they're going to lose the, quote, lawsuit. I, don't, I think they'll have right. the right to do this. But given the public reaction, some public reaction, and the parks already said we've been listening to the public reaction, we're still going forward. Yeah. But uh, what's your best guess? Will they Well, you know, my, my one guess, or my one, one thing I will say is in talking with uh, some folks who work in and around Ogilvy, you know, uh, they feel it's about 20, 25 voices that are pushing this really hard, mm-hmm. um, which may well be true. Uh, my best guess, though, with this compressed time frame, it's going to be really hard to get this hunt pulled off on November 6th through the 8th with this court hearing. Bob, still would there be any week. reason the timing is important on, a, on a, a deer hunt like this? Well, what you have is the rut, and that means the does will be carrying, you know, young for the spring, so you, you want to eliminate that. And, and I guess it could be – here's where the problem is, guys. Those deer have lived there, and nobody's bothered them. They right. don't leave that area. That's the you point. know, it used to be deer in the park would come and go. They would come through the, the farms surrounding that area. Those deer never, ever leave, and they continue to grow, populate, and now people are feeding them. I don't think you could run them off. If, you could I, use, if they could use their hooves, they'd build a house. Yeah. They would never. This is, you know, yeah. this is paradise. Why would we leave? So I don't think you could even run them off where they wouldn't come back because that's their home. That's all they've known. Some of those deer have never, never left that area. So, you, at number one, you, you think really – a, a, a hunt, a kill, a call is, is the only option. I don't option see any other option. And number two, because you know way more about the than I do, 
if they push this back by a couple of weeks, they'd be okay, but they don't have a long time frame. Yeah, I mean, me? the, the buck season, but it's again, it's designed to leave right. the does alone. But again, there's so many deer throughout the state, they open up the doe season, but they cut that off after a certain limit because, again, they're, they're carrying uh, young. Bob, uh, John, uh, well, John and Bob, uh, we said this last week, and I will repeat this. I, I think, uh, as much as I hate the idea of killing Bambi, you know, who, who wants to see her that? I, I think the park's plan is probably necessary and good, and I hope it'll be controlled properly, and I think it will be. But when it's done, when the thir- herd is thinned, the park does need to address some of the questions raised by 100%. the lawsuit and by the, com- the, the critics that they have allowed the deer to become too tame. They have not enforced the no-feeding ban enough. And it's it's for the it's for the next step. It's not before. It's for the next step. But but there is there does need to be a second step. Well, even even with all you know, I got a picture yesterday or Wednesday, one of the two days, sent and texted to me. You know, people at four o'clock that day up at Ogilvy, right by the observatory there. You know, feeding the deer, and there's thirty of them laying in a field. You know, just lying there in the field and. So even with all this going on, they, they've got to, they've got to nip that in the bud. Well, we, we drove again. We drive up there almost every day. We drove up there uh, a couple of days ago, and, and that field, the field by mm-hmm. the observatory, we got a call. Those are called the archery field. That field is called <laughs> the archery field. No, no, nope, not because of this, but it was called the archery field. Uh, anyways, uh, that field, it was it was just I don't I don't want to say hundreds, but dozens of deer. Yeah. You're right, just sitting down, uh, and and there were like five six RVs. It was it was like a it was like a party, yeah. And that's what needs to be stopped. So, but that's that's for the next next phase of it. John, I said most of what we talk about on this roundtable has been ongoing uh, issues. Certainly, one big issue that uh, developed out of nowhere this week was the uh, attack in Israel by Hamas, which led to I thought a really moving and powerful, um, unified uh, service of Temple Shalom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rabbi Josh Joshua Leaf and uh, Bishop Mark Brennan, I think your pastor Erica Hartley and and Chris Figueredi and some others, you know, a Tuesday night joined at the temple. Uh, you know, and from the rabbi, as you would expect, he's very passionate uh, it, it, at all times, but even more so now. Uh, just extremely powerful words, um, powerful message. I have never out. heard the word evil used as many times I know, you're, as, you're exactly right. as the rabbi did. Yeah, yeah. and, um, you know, it's just hard to believe uh, that, you know, in this day and age, and, and watching again the videos of uh, from these kibbutz where, where the, the Hamas fighters, you know, terrorists were, were waiting until people came to open the gate and then going in and, ju- you know, it's— it's unfathomable that, that this is still happening, that we're still dealing with these issues. Uh, a tangential issue. Hoppy Kirchwell wrote a col- commentary this week at WVMetroNews.com, and he was on this show, and we talked about it, that uh, part of Israel's problem getting caught unawares was they've been spending so much time in Israel infighting politically. The, the political infighting has gotten so bad there that they're not getting the big picture. And his point was maybe we should take a lesson from that, that well, our uh, political infighting is— Oh, uh, certainly. You know. Most certainly, we can't. You know, I mean, we're we're a mess right now, and uh, but you know, the rabbi. I've got to give the rabbi all the credit in the world for. Again, he could have done it by himself and had just a powerful message. It's not having his, the it's bishop, not his way. right? Having the the bishop of the Catholic diocese there and other faith leaders uh, united, and it, it it made such a big impact. And it, and again, as you looked at that room on uh, Tuesday, 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 night? yeah, Tuesday. 
couple hundred people, I guess, there. Mm -hmm. That was the estimate in the newspaper. I assume that's about right. These are people, some of whom probably were fighting with each other on other issues, yeah. but all together unified on this. And this is it's a reminder sometimes that there are bigger issues than what we often yeah. nitpick each other about, you know? 100%. Uh, I want to talk about a couple other things. Let's take. A, I need to do a break, Mr. Slider. You don't have to. If you want to keep rolling, it's entirely up to you. All right. I'm okay to skip it then? It's uh, Yes, we can skip it. Okay. Um, <laughs> again, social media people are crazy. So I heard lots of complaints on social media. They're changing the route of the Christmas parade. How dare they change the route of the Christmas parade? I saw one woman. She said, I have stood in this spot for 20 years. Watch this Christmas parade. And if they don't walk past, then I'm never going to watch the Christmas Parade again. All because they want to move it to Center Wheeling. Well, I mean, they really don't have any choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> have, you, have you tried to walk down, down Main know, Street? I know you had Bill Bryson on just before I was. But, you know, there's really not many. You know, this is not an ideal situation. Heck, it's not been ideal for the last four years now, quite frankly, with COVID and then, you know, slightly modified parade route last year. You know, this year they're going to start in Center Market, you know, uh, go south, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, I guess Yeah, so. go south. They go south. Turn on to Main Street and come back north past Main Street Bank there and, um, you know, end it essentially and, at and Main there. Street Bank yeah, there, yeah. 20th Street. It's going to be a center Seven, wheeling parade, yeah. not a downtown wheeling Seven parade. Seven-tenths of a mile, so a good bit shorter than what it usually is. Flat, so nice for the marching bands in, in that sense. Um, you know, uh, is it going to be different? Sure. You know, uh, or, or hopefully, you know, hopefully the city manager going to get with the water pollution control folks to make sure that, uh, <laughs> that was we don't have a really stench-filled <laughs> area down there that everyone has to march through. Let's hope so. Um, but, you know, it, it's uh, – this is – It is what it is. I hate yeah. that phrase, but I, it, it is what it is. I don't know what else you do other than cancel. This should have really been done last year. Yes. I mean, this we all know how bad the streets, Main Street and Market Street are, Main Street in particular – uh, Bob, we talked about it at great length last year, you know, worrying about some of the marching bands falling sure. into a hole sure. or less serious, literally tripping over those metal. Well, there'll be metal plates out there. Well, yeah, <laughs> but if you're marching. Right. And, you know, you're not marching. Your your, your feet are only coming off the ground. Now. Right. Not, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it only makes sense. Um, and hopefully it'll only be for a year. Yeah. And then, you know, whatever happens next year happens, happens next year. Um Hey, real quick, we ought to we ought to mention real quick because I, I think I'm, I'm seeing some things that just have a little bit of concern. You know, you had on your list here Charlie Reynolds I taking a new job it. with the district of uh, district you know, high, division of highways yeah. as district superintendent, and we also had a another delegate Riley Keaton from down in Wirt County area, fourth delegate to yeah re retire essentially from yeah, the, yeah uh, but he uh, resigns Aaron. to take a state job yeah. You know, do you find it a little bit inappropriate that as a sitting delegate uh, you're... No. No? I, I find it a lot inappropriate. Okay, good, good, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> no, you know, I do not I mean, find it a little bit inappropriate. It's, I find it a lot inappropriate. It just seems like there's a real conflict there that, that that's arisen a little bit. To be honest with you, I thought there had been regulations put in few years ago well those regulations the, the, the revolving door thing. yeah so what that does what that one was because it was the the, the gentleman who was hired that the justice appointed to run you know the state homeland security or whatever kind of fell under that umbrella where if you voted on legislation impact you know creating an agency you couldn't go run it or something along that line but you know i mean charlie reynolds may well be highly qualified for this i mean he is an engineer um but 
you know, when, when, especially with that one where that's an appointed by, you know, that's an appointed position. Um, you know, it just seems like the line is very blurred right now. Yeah. And uh, yes, absolutely. And so, no, it does bother me to see legislators moving yeah. into state government jobs. And um, uh, I, I, I have no reason to assume those are quid pro quos no, or paybacks. I. I just think there's it's it, it doesn't it, 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 it just doesn't feel right. Plus, the legislature, boy, it's it's fallen. I should say fallen apart. But I mean, again, four delegates have yeah. now they include at least Charlie Reynolds and Erica from up yeah. here, Erica Storch. Right. Um, and then uh, and then Doug Scaff, bless his heart. Last year, he is not just a Democrat. OK, not, last year, he's not just a Democrat. He's the leader of the Democrats. And now he's becoming a Republican. You know, I, I know he and Sean Fluharty have been good, been uh, you know, friends. I wonder what uh, what Mr. Fluharty thinks of that, since he basically said Democrats are idiots and don't represent anything that I do. So <laughs> there you go. I'm switching parties. Uh, he said in a Metro News article um, he's switching because, um, or maybe it's your article. I don't know, but anyways. Um, the Republican Party is more of what I always thought the Democratic Party here in the state was, pro-life, pro-gun, pro-anti-whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would like to suggest you ought to think they're also pro-book ban, pro-anti-diversity, uh, anti-public education. Did you ever take a look at that, Doug? That's just my opinion. Feel better? I do. <laughs> Good. Bob Thanks, West, Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Bob Westfall is here from the Big 7 WTRF-TV. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. How are you? Listen, I want to thank you yesterday because uh, since you mentioned you had sausage, gravy, and biscuits, I stopped on my way home, picked up sausage, gravy, and biscuits, and had a great breakfast when I got home. Yeah, I figured that's why you blew DK off, but okay. <laughs> it was too important to eat. I had to eat my sausage, uh, gravy, and biscuits. DK and I looked at each other and thought, hey, stop, get something to eat. <laughs> that's how I did. But th- it was only thanks to you. I, I didn't. Oh, I, well, thank you. Yeah, you gave me, you gave me, you got me thinking about. I hadn't had sausage gravy biscuits for a while, so, so I was, uh, I was excited about it. It was good. It was excellent. It was good. Awesome. Good. It was good. Uh, let's see. What are you working on today? What you got going? All right, we're we're working on reaction to the announcement that West Virginia has been selected as a hydrogen hub for, uh, by the White House earlier this morning. Uh, we've got reaction from Capito, Senator Capito, and Manchin. Uh, we're also going to talk to a Harrison County, Ohio commissioner uh, because Hopedale, Ohio, has been announced as one of the nodes, if you will, and oh. uh, the uh, in the uh, hydrogen hub uh, situation. So we're working on that today. So that's a huge event uh, from the uh, infrastructure bill that was passed a while ago. I uh, want to say, I'm trying to find it, it's about $9 billion uh, across, the, across three states. Actually, I think it's 16 locations. So anyway, that's a big announcement this morning, $7 billion, hydrogen fuel program. Um, so um, I, I'm told this morning, off the record, there's about 16 uh, different locations. Uh, so the northern panhandle, eastern Ohio, is it's one of them so we're excited about that i don't so know that, I, I you know we've done a little bit of coverage of the hydrogen hub and hoppy kirchival here on our station has done a lot um steven adams in the newspaper has done a couple of good articles about it i don't know i don't fully understand it so i'm going to take some time next week to get a better understanding of what this hydrogen hub is all about kind of have a kind of an overview but i'm really not sure what the what the total picture is so i i, I need to learn more about it or perhaps the big seven could inform me 
I think it's kind of like going to a gas station. You just have, if you've got one gas station, you've got different pumps. So the hydrogen hub is like a huge location where they, they kind of store the things, and, and that's that's where it's it's transferred on beyond that to the next step. But okay. uh, I think that might be a, a little bit too much dumbed-down explanation. So um, we'll uh, we'll look into that as well. So that's kind of my uh, my thoughts on that. And then we do have uh, reaction from Capito. Manchin, I'm sure we'll be hearing from uh, Senator Vance and Senator Brown from Ohio, um, as, well as, as well as Bill Johnson from uh, uh, Ohio as well. So that's the big story we're working on today. Of course, the uh, uh, Garson-Taylor um, trial continues in Marshall County. Colin Roos is down there as we speak. Uh, so we'll have an update on that at noon, and then we'll follow up uh, uh, with the latest at our 5 and 6 newscast. So we've got that. Uh, let's see what else we're working on. High school footballs tonight, uh, I think week 9, uh, 9 for Ohio, 8 for West Virginia. A lot of playoff uh, situation uh, on the line tonight. I know uh, hearing Central uh, is the uh, way Scott was talking. Central needs a win. A couple other teams need to win to get in. Um, so we'll be following that tonight. Scott will have all the details tonight with his crew. Uh, we will literally be over, I think, 15 games tonight. So uh, excited about that. And then, of course, the weather, a little bit of spotty showers tonight. And then uh, looks like some uh, off and on stuff over the weekend. So kind of what we're working on today. All right. People can check things out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 530, the region-wide show, as always. Check it out at WTRF.com, the award-winning website where you get uh, news coming first uh, throughout the day, and I always check that out uh, multiple times all day long. And, of course, can carry Channel 7 in your pocket with the Storm Tracker 7 app and the news app on your phone set to push notifications. Bob, have yourself a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. All right, guys. You have a good weekend. Mr. McCabe, anything exciting uh, in the newspaper coming up this weekend? And the answer had better be oh, yes. Yeah, for certain. Yeah, we actually have a really nice uh, kind of a timeline approach to Mr. Morris and walking Jeffrey you through Morris? his you know, introduction Rockstein. to Wheeling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I look forward to that. And through, and I, you know, it's, it's going to be lengthy, several thousand words. Uh, but really take a – we've been working on this for a couple of weeks since the indictments came down of just taking a deeper look into, you know, getting folks to talk cool. – who work for him to talk about it. So, yeah, that'll be, oh, looking, that'll be a good weekend that read or something that, you know, broken into sections. I'm that guessing just, that's something for us on Monday, Bob. Yeah, you can we'll take some time and digest. Yes, all right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Check it out this weekend. All right, time to say sayonara. See you. Bye-bye. Farewell. I got to go. I got to get out of here. Uh, Kirchwell's got the calm coming up next, but – Sliders hanging around because you got a full sports weekend coming up, pal. I'll be here for a while tonight and back uh, bright and early, eight and eight to nine tomorrow morning. Good old boys on sports. Check it all out here on the Watchdog Radio Network.